Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, October 8th. Today on the show, you will find out, of course, who I am gambling on this weekend in college football. You will hear from the great Pat Ryan of the Vol Network about why this Josh Heupel offense is working. You've got World Cup qualifiers and Major League Baseball playoffs. But we begin with the Tennessee Titans trip down to Jacksonville and how there are no more excuses left for this particular team. My guys over at the Kingston Group build this podcast, the 440, every single morning for free for you. So remember them. If you're thinking about doing some work on your home, they are a locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. And they know it takes a lot of time and effort and thinking before you make a big decision or big spend on your home. So make sure you talk to the Kingston Group. They'll help you with that process, whether it's two years out or five years out. Just talk to them. BuildKG.com is the website. That's the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. The Tennessee Titans have won three straight and seven out of eight against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are 0-4 and dealing with swirling controversy about their morally bankrupt head football coach. They have a very talented but still extremely green rookie quarterback. They are ranked 30th in total defense and 23rd in total offense. Derrick Henry is on an absolute tear and has always played extremely well against his hometown team. He rushed for 215 yards in a three-touchdown victory over the Jags in Tennessee's last trip down to Jacksonville in December last season, and the Titans appear to be getting healthier. So what on earth could Titans fans possibly be worried about? Well, it's professional football. And what I want to see out of this team, other than a dominant rushing attack and ideally some big plays to take advantage of that rookie quarterback, is how this offensive line looks and how the team finishes drives. If this team can protect Ryan Tannehill better, they can get the ball out of his hand quicker and finish drives with touchdowns instead of field goals, well, I just simply do not see how a winless franchise embroiled in turmoil can win this football game. But that was the same story going into the Jets game. There were no excuses last week, but there really aren't any left for a bad showing this weekend. It's the NFL, and it's week to week. I get it. People overreact for the better part of the season. But a second consecutive loss to a winless team led by a rookie quarterback is not an overreaction. It just makes you a bad football team. So I don't care how it looks. I don't care how you do it. You've just got to come home to Nashville with a win. That's all. Just win, baby. So I could spend some time this morning talking about the Tennessee-South Carolina matchup, how the Gamecocks' defensive front is far more talented than Missouri and maybe poses a bigger challenge to the Vols' offensive line, and that, shockingly, Vols fans maybe shouldn't expect another 450-yard rushing performance on Saturday. Or we could talk about how South Carolina doesn't have the same quality passing attack that Mizzou does, and that Tennessee fans should take some comfort in that, considering how well their defense played last week. But here's the deal, South Carolina's terrible at football, and if the Vols play even halfway as well as they played last week, Tennessee will cover the 10.5 points easily. The offense is clicking right now, and there is no reason to think that the Gamecocks will do anything to stop or slow it down. So, instead of me doing all of that and rambling on about must-win situations and bowl eligibility, why don't we let the great Pat Ryan from the Vol Network explain to you how and why this Tennessee offense is finding success right now? Well, this offense, is it's set up, if, if you watch them close, they spread the field. And, and a lot of people put a lot of receivers in the game. But they, I mean, their receivers are out wide. And so that's, they want to run the football, keeping all the defensive backs out, of, out past the boundaries. That way you don't have guys in the box. 
it makes that that's how, how they run the football because there's no tight ends you don't have a fullback you don't have all that stuff so that's how they're going to run the football now when they throw it you'll see a, they throw a lot of outside stuff and you see a lot of passes way across the field which is scares me sometimes <laughs> but uh, uh but it uh, what makes that work for them and if you watch closely their wide receivers really block they block for each other i mean when they're throwing that ball that's wide right the other guy that's out there is locked up blocking giving the guy a chance to catch the ball and and move on but this offense is set up to run the football and throw the ball deep that's essentially what it is. Uh, they are looking. Uh, I can't tell you how many games that I've, I've watched Tennessee over the years that you'll say, "Well, we didn't, we didn't take it down the field one time," because maybe they didn't think they could beat them down the field. Well, this staff, they are trying to create some meshes and things outside. Guys getting a little pick here and there, and going deep. They're trying to create as many explosive long ball plays that they can. And uh, that's why you saw, uh, you know, the first game we played uh, in the second game, we had a lot of guys open deep. And they did a lot of that through their mesh points and all that stuff with their wide receivers. We just didn't hit any of them. But you hadn't seen them quit trying. So this, this, this is a running – this is a 50% running football team. In fact, it's been probably over 60% to this point in the season. They want to run the football – which you would think that, you know, wide open offense, you're going to, they're just going to throw it all over the lot. Well, that isn't what they're doing. What they're doing is setting it up where they can hit the home run. Does that work in 2021 against teams that have better defensive front players? And I, and, and, and I don't mean just Georgia, because we all know how good Georgia is. But if you're going up against a team that's got talent in that front seven, is, is that where this offense has to adapt? Yeah. It, well, you're going to have to, since you're going to have to get better. You, you know, you, it's just, you can't you, you talk about Alabama and Georgia, their front seven. I mean, just take their front four. Uh, they could probably do a pretty good job of stopping your run with just those guys. And when you run into a situation like that, uh, then you're in some deep doo-doo. I mean, it's just not going to be a fun day because you can only do so much in the passing game when there's six and seven guys in coverage, you know? It's just, uh, and that's when you got, you know, you need some, collect some better athletes, you know, some, some better linemen, guys that uh, can match up with them, pick up a little more speed outside to where they can separate and you can still get you some long balls. Uh, but playing against Georgia is, uh, I'm thinking about just taking that week off personally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all the offensive linemen across the country agree with you on that. On that, I'm telling you, they they're home wreckers, man. I, they got a bunch of dudes up there that just maul yeah. you. That was the great Pat Ryan, who I could listen to explain football scheme all day, and in fact, we did this week on Lamestream Sports. Pat was our guest this week, and he joined us to talk all things Tennessee, his thoughts on Neyland Stadium, and if it'll ever return to what it used to be, why Hendon Hooker has cemented himself as the starter, getting to know the coaching staff and Josh Heupel's style of coaching, how defenses have changed over the last 30 years, and what it's like to work with Bob Kessling. You can hear all of that in our entire conversation with Pat on Lamestream Sports with myself and Steve Cavendish out every single Friday right here on the 440 Sports Network. Meanwhile, the Vanderbilt Commodores are a 39-point underdog at the Florida Gators and will be sacrificed at 11 a.m. Central Time on Saturday. 
Around the SEC, I will give you my picks in the two big games, Georgia at Auburn and Alabama at Texas A&M. I will, I will give you my two picks against the spread in both of those games. I've got money on two teams in both of those games, so I'll give you those coming up in just a second. You've got Arkansas at Ole Miss in the Who Lick Their Wounds Better Bowl. I like Ole Miss in that one. And, of course, all eyes should be on LSU at Kentucky with a guillotine hanging over Coach Orgeron's head currently. A loss on the road to the Wildcats would not go over well in Baton Rouge. And the Missouri Tigers are a 19-point favorite over North Texas. There are a couple of other big things to keep an eye on this weekend, a World Cup qualifier for the men's national team and playoff baseball. Nashville SC is still off on the international break. They will get back on the field next weekend. But for now, soccer fans have an important match to watch on Sunday. The fifth of 14 World Cup qualifiers for the U.S. men's national team will be against Panama in Panama at 5 p.m. on Sunday as the U.S. continues its march back to the world's biggest sporting event. It's a huge match between two teams fighting for the last automatic qualifying spot in the CONCACAF North American group. And on the diamond, the MLB divisional round rolls through all weekend long after the Red Sox and Dodgers won wildcard games earlier this week. The Atlanta Braves are looking for their first World Series appearance since 1999 and will begin their best-of-five series against the Brewers at 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Friday a day that will feature all four playoff series for you baseball junkies. Game two will be Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. before both teams travel back to Atlanta for game three on Monday. Of course, the 440 brought to you by the Kingston Group, locally owned, award-winning for a reason. BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure if you're going to do some work on your house, just have a conversation with my guys over at the Kingston Group. It will be beneficial to you even if you don't use them. BuildKG.com is the website. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. All right, it's Friday, so we head into the weekend with another slate of college football games that I have some money on. Last week, 6-1. and one. After a 4-2 and two weekend, I'm feeling pretty good. Maybe it's time you actually take some of these picks and use them. Of course, as soon as I say that, I'll probably miss every single one of these. But here we go. Give me Stanford plus 12.5 on the road on Friday against Arizona State. I think Stanford can sling it around a little bit. They'll keep that game close, so I, I like the 12.5 there. TCU minus 1.5 on the road against Texas Tech. I like the Horn Frogs. I'm going big on both games in the SEC. Give me Georgia minus 14.5 on the road against Auburn, and give me Alabama minus 17.5 against Texas A&M. That could be a first half spread there. Uh, Wake Forest minus six and a half on the road against Syracuse. BYU minus five at home against Boise State, one of the worst Boise State teams we've probably seen in recent memory. Texas plus three and a half against Oklahoma. If you want to play the big game there, the Red River shootout or the Penn State-Iowa game, I would take the underdog and the points just to be safe in, in both those matchups because I think both games are very even and should be a ton of fun this weekend. So there you go. My bets against the spread, games I actually have dollars on, this weekend heading into week number six. Otherwise, enjoy the World Cup, enjoy the Titans, enjoy some playoff baseball, enjoy college football, have a cocktail, kick your heels up, and have a great weekend, everybody. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. Please share the show. This has been the 444 Friday, October 8th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.